May the words of my mouth and the meditation of mine heart be acceptable in Yahweh's sight. He is our strength and our redeemer, and it is in his name, which is his authority, that we pray, praise, proclaim, project, and protect today's message. Amen. Hola, mi nombre es Kofi. ¿Cómo está? Om Joshua, mi Kofi, se va. Ni hao. Namaste. Osai, anakitabuya. Ohio. I see you. Manut. Aloha. Wagwan. Kamsa. Kamsamida. Habarigani, Akwaaba, Madeasse, Etese, Jambo, Miminikofi, Ninafra, Kukatana, Nuewe, Boker Tov, Boker Tab, Bakwaratav, Barakala, Shamni Hava, Anai Kofi, Kohadat, Servants of Christ, Mashalam He, Masa Pachi, Tada, Achi, Adatri, Adatayan. Hello, everybody. I am Pastor Kofi, Pastor Servant of Christ, where we are always changing lives one mind at a time, but we are the voice of the voices and speaking the unspoken. And uh, we thank you for being on this day. Welcome, welcome. We give all praise and honor once again to the Most High, Yehovah Elohim. We give all honor and praise to the Most High for my wife, the Honorable Amma, who lives and likes is able to be honored. As always, you can check her out on TikTok, YouTube, or website, and Pinterest at Bloom and Flourish, not A and D, the letter N, Bloom and Flourish. She is a healer, herbalist, chemist, and biologist, biologist by degree. We thank everybody again, and we appreciate you and those who are, uh, as, as we've been doing for a little while now, those who are able to still help out uh, Minister Tamara and her family through their, uh, we, we ask specifically you do it through her uh, setup with, with um, GoFundMe page, or not her, but her family's uh, GoFundMe page. So if you like information on that, contact us, or we can give you her information. Uh, or if you're a Facebook friend of hers, you can always find it there. Uh, I'll try to post it one more again on Facebook in the Facebook group. And if you can be a blessing to the family, we greatly appreciate you doing so. Um, and thank you guys for being on. In general, to the moderators, ministerial staff, SOC, Lottie Dye, everybody, I bow down to the, um, even those, if, you're for, if it, this is your first time, one time of many, whatever the case might be, we're thankful and grateful to have you guys on. And hopefully you get something out of today. Forgive me for still moving around a bit and trying to find a couple things. I'm hoping I can find a couple more things. But anyways, we're, we're going to get into something um, today that is very, very much so important. It's not going to be filled with a lot of scripture, per se, uh, today, but we want to make sure that we comprehend uh, some stuff today, and this is probably going to end up being a series. Matter of fact, not, it's going to probably, um, this will be a series. So, uh, it, we will not get into everything today. I was sitting there thinking, you know, is this going to be a series? How much should we get into this and that or whatever? This will be our next series. I have seen the requests and certain things that people would like to study. So just to get let you guys know, it doesn't mean that we will not deal with your stuff as a series at some point. It's just right now at this moment in time, this is where the Most High is leading us. And so I've got to be obedient as, as usual. Am I? Um, as, as always, that's just what my life is, is being obedient to the Most High. And I can't stop now. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> I'm uh, we're going to read a familiar passage of scripture to kind of give us something to, to, to utilize, to, to go into this. But we're going to focus a lot on, um, on different mythology throughout the series. Today, we're going to uh, kind of put a foundation together for this. Um, uh, so uh, we thank you guys. We appreciate you. Let's go ahead. Um, if you would like to, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, verses 5 and 6, very familiar passage of scripture, and then we'll start getting into some mythology. Uh, but uh, 
Most of you have heard the scripture, even if you're not somebody familiar with the Bible, you probably still have heard this in some way, shape, or form. But if you'd like to go there, feel free to go there. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Once you have it, say amen. Say, I got it. So I'm with you. We'll get ready for our Bible pledge. We'll uh, quote the scripture, and then we'll get ready to go into the word of Yahweh. Um, and so uh, thank you for being on, everybody. How you doing? Since, oh, I'm sorry. As a reminder, too, tomorrow, besides our regular stuff, Shabbat school, well, our live session, Shabbat school, uh, and uh, Shabbat service on the podcast. We're also going to have our uh, we're going to have a Zoom meeting, SOC community meeting um, for everybody. So um, if you can join us, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern New York time for that. Um, Sister Renee, I know you're busy getting ready for Shabbat, so I'm gonna try and maybe text you some stuff um, throughout the day. Nothing that you got to worry about, but just some stuff that hopefully you can hold me accountable for making sure I go over tomorrow, and also some stuff that I might need you to just make sure if, if we need to call on you, you can be ready to kind of flow a little bit. Um, and uh, I might have, a, a, well, um, Elder Alma might be able to reach out to you as well with some more info if necessary. I don't even know if it's anything necessary that you need to have new information on, just if you can kind of be ready to fill in. If, if if called on for a couple of things and um, and then at 7 p.m. Eastern New York time tomorrow for the sisters is the women's meeting. All right. So if you can be ready for that, I believe that's even been put out a couple of times in different platforms to let you know to be ready for that. Am I? OK, so let's go ahead. Let's get ready to go in uh, as everybody's turning. Once again, thank you. I see some amens. I see some goddess. We're going to Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. All right. Um, how you doing, Sister Renee? How you doing, Auntie Marion? How you doing, Aaron? How you doing, Carla? How you doing, Yvette? How you doing, Cultural Prospect? Joy, Deborah, hopefully you're recovering well. How you doing? My wife is on. Once again, the Honorable Alma. I always check her out on TikTok, YouTube, her website, and Pinterest at Bloom and Flourish. Not A-N-D, the letter N. Bloom and Flourish. She is a healer, herbalist, chemist, and biologist. Biologist by degree. Thank you for being on, babe. Love you very much. How you doing, Tina, Minister Tamra, Deja, and if Destin is around somewhere, how you doing, sir? DB, Sister Knight, JP, Sister Sheila, Iska, and to all the, well, I don't know if Iska, if you're around the babies, but if you are, you know, hello, we miss you guys. I know you guys are busy doing some stuff. I know you guys are getting some stuff together. We praise you, Hubble, for you, your improving situation. How you doing, Yaswan Shim? How you doing, uh, Sheila, uh, Nadine, Nadine? Uh, uh oh, uh oh, I missed somebody. Sister Knight. If I miss your name on any of these platforms, by the way, charge it to my head, not to my heart. We appreciate everybody from the podcast, later coming from Facebook, everybody on YouTube, everybody on TikTok. We appreciate you. How you doing, Nurse Betty? Um, J, I think I said JP, but if not, hello, blessed. Uh, is it blessed bones? Born 65. Everybody, lie down, everybody, forgive me. I'm trying to catch everybody. Warren, um, I'm going to try and see if I can reach out Warren and maybe get a copy. Um, by the way, uh, is it, I don't know if I'm going to say this right or that. Is it Elioris or Eloris Psycho? Not sure how to pronounce it. Please forgive me. Um, hello, 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 everybody. Coming together nicely. Amen. How you doing, Big Brother Thomas? Everybody. All righty. Shawana, Shawana Mays. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Carolyn Harris. Hopefully I'm saying that right. That looks like a Earl Goaded 213. All righty. That's all you got. All right. Cool. Um. Um, let's see, let's see, everybody, uh, Yas, Yas, my God, everybody, already, Sister Nadine, if I didn't say so already, already, thank you, everybody, we appreciate you, so once again, we're going to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, how you doing, Nancy, Shalom, alrighty, so once again, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, how you doing, Bradley, thanks for being on, alrighty, once you have it, and 
Say amen, say I got it, say I'm with you. I know some of you have already said that. Um, and, and once you have it, if you can, if you can put your right hand in the air, if you want to put your device in the air, or if you want to put your Bible in your right hand in the air, and um, if you're able to also reverence the word of Yehovah in some kind of way, including if you are able, if you can stand with us, we appreciate you doing so. Um, it's a cultural thing that we do going back to Yahashadal, to Israel, to biblical times. It's not a new tradition. All right. But if you can, if you'd like to be able to put your your Bible or your device, your right hand in the air, just repeat after me. This is our Bible pledge. It goes like this. This is my Bible. This is my sword. And this will I trust. For Yehoshaphat is Lord. No sort of God shall ever be heard, for this is my Bible, and this is Yah's word. Atsham Yehavah, in Yehavah's name, Aman. Amen. Amen. All right, once again, we are going to be reading Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. If you're somebody who's not familiar with uh, the book of Bible, I don't want to just assume, um... If you know if if you know where Psalms is, that's besides your table of contents, Proverbs kind of sort of in the middle, right? Some people even say open your Bible directly in the middle, depending on what kind of Bible you have. That might work, especially if you got a sixty-six book Bible. But if you know where Psalms is, Proverbs is just the next uh, next set of scrolls over. All right, Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. You've heard this before, right? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it reads as follows. How you doing, Darius? And how you doing, Quiz? It says, trust in Yehovah, or trust in the Lord. Trust in Yehovah with all thine love, with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, Yehovah, and he shall direct thy paths. Matter of fact, let's add verse 7. Forgive me. Let's add verse 7 on here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear Yehovah, or fear the Lord, and depart from evil. We've just read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. We know that the word of Yehovah was already blessed before we got up. Those who shall do it shall be blessed by it. Those who do not, it shall not apply to thee as far as the blessing. Um, you may go back to what you're doing. Thank you for reverencing the word of Yehovah, and thank you for being on today. I mean, um, today we're going to start a series called Reverse Mythology. I'm on, how you doing, Auntie Marion? Right. Today we're going to start a series. How you doing, Toria? If I'm saying that right, Toria, Torhia, Torhia, I'm not sure. Please forgive me, Toria, I'm saying. I don't know if I'm in the ballpark, but thank you for being on. appreciate you. Please forgive me. And once again, everybody who's on the podcast, coming over later from Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on TikTok, we appreciate your presence for today. Alrighty, so we're going to start a series called Reverse Mythology. Reverse Mythology. And today's topic within this series is called Cultural Effect. Okay, so all these mythologies, all these myths, if you look at them, right? And some might even say, well, the Bible is a myth. You know, that's usually a ad hominem comeback without people studying things to see if there's actually not just facts in the Bible, not just context, but contextual facts. Remember, we don't want context without facts, facts, and we do not want facts without context. But today we're going to talk about uh, cultural effect, right? All these things that we're talking about with cultural effect, how are you doing, Sister Betty? It's important that we catch 
what's going on with the reverse mythology. Because what happens with mythology, if you do your research, is it's always trying to reverse your relationship or reverse how you should think of what the Most High has created. Period. Right? Um, matter of fact, a lot of things that we're not aware of that we're going to learn in the series and stuff like that, you can't talk evolution without Greek mythology, at least what you consider to be evolution today. There are six types of evolution. How you doing, Sister Mignon? But you can't even talk evolution without what? Without Greek mythology. And Greek mythology is because, and, 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 and evolution is what? What's the title of Charles Darwin's book? It is the, um, the theory of evolution by means of natural selection or the, uh, the, the, the survival or the, not survival, what is it? It's another word instead of survival, but the survival of favorite races in the struggle for life. What is it? It's not the survival, but it's something else. I always mess this title up slightly somehow, somewhere. But a lot of people don't realize that Charles Darwin literally wrote a book and then says that it's Linnaean in doctrine. In other words, Carl Linnaeus set it up where he believed, like many people believed at the time, that species were synonymous with races. R-A-C-E-S, right? A race is a competition. And since animals supposedly do nothing but just compete with each other, then that means that since they're always in competition, therefore they have races, right? And these races are what you now, you, you don't use race for animals, you only use it for humans and don't talk about species. And so these people who believe there were different races of animals said that you came from different races of animals, right? And so Charles Darwin wrote, his, wrote this book on what's called evolution to say why it's important that certain races will be favored, Okay, by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Excuse me. So not the survival, the preservation. Certain races or certain species should be preserved. But that's a very Greek, Greco-Roman mentality. Right? That's a very Greco-Roman mentality, right? So it has a cultural effect. Or as we'll learn, we're not going to get into evolution heavy today, but as you'll learn down the road, you will discover that this cultural effect of mythology actually begins to affect things because it's reversing. It's reversing the natural order. It's reversing natural law. So when you look at, at mythology, and I'm not, we're not just going to only deal with Greek. We're not only going to deal with European. We're going to go around the world to show you. We're even going to deal with some stuff in Kemet, some stuff in Kush, yes. Some stuff that you consider to be stuff that we shouldn't touch and we shouldn't study because black folks said it and since black people said it you know all black folks should be believed as if not if, as if all skin folk is kin folk and everybody who looks like you has your best interest at heart <laughs> right but that's we we know that that's not the case how you doing sister share how you doing um i'm david red and, and gus and everybody appreciate you how you doing Noel? so so we're going to take this and how you doing pearl pop excuse me so we're going to take time out today how you doing cares and um Grand rising to you. So, so we're going to take this mindset today. We're going to show that if we're not careful, we can fall for the okie doke of this reverse mythology. It's here to reverse what's supposed to be righteous. Now you don't want somebody who's just evil. If evil is evil, no. I want Thanos to be somebody I can say, I agree with them, right? You don't want somebody to be evil. It's evil. You say, oh, I don't want to agree with Black Panther, uh, but I don't also necessarily agree with the other, uh, uh, with uh, Killmonger. I want, I want to love both. I want to be able to straddle the fence. How you doing, Tease, right? Uh, tease two cents. So, so we have this thing with reverse mythology where it's causing you to reverse or look at morality in a reverse manner. And so immorality is just as subtle as, as, as morality, right? The kingdom of heaven is the only place, if we be honest, if we want to just be honest, is the only place where we say it's got to be righteous or not. I know people don't want to go there, but reality is, is that 
Righteousness is supposed to be righteousness and evil is supposed to be evil. And we're going to find out that most of this stuff that we just say, oh, it's just another way of looking at something. Oh, OK, well, all of them are talking about the same beings. They are, in fact, not. Matter of fact, they are reversing the process. Right. Now, this, it, it, and if we can be honest with you, let's even look and how you doing, Sister Sage, if I didn't say so. Um, and hopefully um, um, hubby and, 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 and little Vega are doing well. Right. Um, th right. So. So when we talk about this reverse mythology, we're talking about the fact that ology, the study of myth, is the mystical, so to speak. It's the myth. It's the thing that like is kind of wrapped up in enigma. And we have to get to a place to where we recognize what some of this stuff is, including some of the words that we use. For, right? um, for example, even when people talk about eros, which is a certain type of love, love erotic love, right? Um, you have to realize when you're using that word, you're using that because the way the Greeks look at Eros is through the prism of this supposed deity or deus or what you call today God. Right. And so, therefore, if you're talking about this God. Right. If you're talking about this deus, this deity, well, Eros was somebody who a lot is what is just about basically this libertine thing. If you know what a libertine is, um, for example, one of your founding fathers, if you're still a U.S. citizen, um, Benjamin Franklin. I'm one of your founding fathers, if you're English and in the church, uh, whoever the guy, what's the name of the guy who wrote Amazing Grace, you know, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that song that y'all love, um, he was a libertine, he was somebody who essayed the slaves as they came off the ship, right, and more than likely heard the slaves humming a hymn, right, that were, he didn't know the words, and so he just put some words to it and gets credit to this day for it being something that was holy, while he's quoted as saying that I sinned with a high head, <laughs> right? And and even though one might say, well, maybe eventually he became holy enough to stop saying, you know, black women, he was still out here doing libertine stuff, and he was still out here, you know, allowing uh, and pushing for slavery. So, so you have to see the cultural effect on things where we have a lot of myths that are brought up. Some of the modern myths, see, we wouldn't even consider some of these myths. We'll get into this in this series as well. But you might not consider a myth such as George Washington said that I cannot tell a lie when he chopped down the cherry tree when the reality is that George Washington lied all the time. Or George Washington didn't really care for slavery, didn't really care about it when the reality is his wife, Martha, um, who had black in her, but, you know, passed. That's why she was a brunette or a brunette. That meant that you were brownish. You had brown features, features that brown people had. And he married her, though, because she had five times as many slaves as he did. That's one of the reasons that he lived. So if he didn't marry her, right, he wouldn't have been on the come up the way that he was to be able to start getting stuff together and be known as rich and as powerful as what you know him today. Right. He had to do that by making sure that he took the property of somebody else by marrying them, because women back then didn't really get property as far as land. They had property as far as slaves, which is what they fought vociferously for it. Right. How you doing, D? So so we have to get to this place where we realize there's a lot of myths and they affect your everyday life. There's a lot of things that are mythical, right? And we want to make sure that we expose these myths. 
right? People say, well, the Bible and the Bible and the Bible and the Bible. Okay, it's like, but I can actually show you different details and stuff. And I can show you Perseus and I can show you, uh, you know, uh, Darius and I can show you Nebuchadnezzar and I can show you um, that it, here in, in Kemet, it says in these days, Israel had no king. And then I can show you in um, in the book of Judges, the same thing at the same time frame saying in these days, Israel had no king. I can show you the Sea of Reeds and show you that they didn't know what they were talking about when they said Red Sea and they couldn't even translate properly. And that you can look at the Sea of Reeds and you can see the horse hooves and you can see the spokes and you can see the chariots and you can see human remains and all this stuff at the bottom. And these things that they said we shouldn't be able to find because you're looking in the wrong place. Right. Even a lot of the way that you read your Bible is mythical and not so much practical. And today in this series, hopefully will cause things that are mystical and mystical to now become practical. If it's spiritual, it should be practical. Right. If it's righteous, it should be practical. I should be able to see this, live this, and see how this affects me, right? So we're going to see a lot of things in this series that is going to see how we've had a cultural effect. Matter of fact, one of the things we have to talk about right off the rip, and I'm not just talking about racism because Greeks and Romans are not always white. That's a new phenomenon that y'all are into where you think that there's actually people called white, right? Because white actually means lack of color. It means the opposite of color. It means translucent. It can mean clear. It can even mean bright. It can even mean reflective of color. But in your mind, you think that white is a actual color, right? <laughs> You've never seen a white person because in order to be white, you would have to have no melanin. And even if you want to make the argument, well, they have, we have selenium and they have, uh, 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 what, what's the one that we always focus on? Um, is it ammonium or whatever the one that we focus on that they have in there? Okay, at the end of the day, whichever one you want to talk about, they still have melanin. And as long as you have melanin, you can't be white by definition. I don't care if you're the most albino of albino, right? <laughs> you can't be white and be alive. So somebody had to teach them and teach us this myth of a white person, right? And in order for the system to work, they had to be taught it just as much as we had to be taught it. We had to buy it. They had to buy it. They had to buy into the fact that they were living like slaves, but they got to say that they were white, so they weren't slaves. And we had to buy into the fact that we were living like those poor white folk, except we were allowed to be able to whip and stuff, but we deserved it because we weren't white, as if white is a color, right? And the less, less color you have. But that's actually not just a German thing when people think that. Okay, sulfur. Sorry, they have sulfur at the center, right? So, so... So, it, you know, but whatever we want to focus on, we're trying our best to make it to her, but they're not, there's no such thing as white, right? That's a myth. It's a myth. It's a myth that everybody that looks like us wants to take care of us. You got that in your own family. How you doing, Defonte? You got that in your own family, don't you? Not all skin folk is kin folk. Not everybody that is your blood treats you well. How you doing, Minister Shante? How you doing, Pastor Hamilton? Great rising tea. How you doing, Beck M.G.? Right. You had it in your family. There's some family members you've been raised by, some family members that you've raised, some family members that you grew up side by side with. And let's just be honest. They're not the best people. Sometimes they're not perfect themselves. They've done some things probably dirtier than some of the stuff that you've read in history. There's some people that you've read that have offed thousands and some people in your family, you feel like they on the same level. I'm not saying you should necessarily feel like that, but I'm just saying, let's be honest. Just because they look like you, just because they share your blood does not mean they are righteous. That in and of itself is a myth, right? You'll move all over the country to be with your family as your family keeps whooping your tail and stabbing you in the back. That, that, that's, not, that's not a righteous move. That's not smart. It's not intelligent, right? Cain and Abel aspect, Esau, Jacob aspect, um, Israel and Israel aspect. 
right? Even Israel and Samaritan, because Samaritans were treated like dogs because they were considered to be half-breeds, right? And the reality was, <laughs> is that they're still your brother or your sister if they, once again, now following the commandments. Now we're having a different conversation. See, because everybody who's born, right? Here's another myth. Everybody who's born is a child of the Most High. No, those who follow the law and are at enmity with the seed of the Satan, they, right? Everybody who's in enmity is seed of the, right? There'll be enmity between the serpent seed and the woman's seed. If you are with the woman, right? If you come out of the woman, if you make up this body that shall be married to the most high, then guess what? You are at enmity with the other seed. You are not the same child. You are not of the same, watch this, bloodline because you were born again, right? You have been adopted into a different mindset, Right? Thank you for the love. So you can be born Israel. There's an advantage to it. Romans chapter three, verse one. There's an advantage of being circumcised. There's an advantage of being um, Judah, of being Yehovah, right? At the same time, just because you have this advantage doesn't mean you follow law. Therefore, if you're not following it, then you can't be a child of the most high. How can you truly be adopted into the kingdom? Where's Israel is, is, an, is, is an outlier of all other nations that have ever existed because Israel is, is supposed to be the only one culturally who doesn't fall for the myth okie-doke, whether it's Ishtar, whether it's Nimrod, right? Whether it's Tammuz, whether it's, uh, and we'll talk about people like Thoth, who isn't who you think he is either. I know we want to keep bringing him up, right? But Thoth, or whether it's what the fallen angels have taught you, and we need to learn what they taught us because even though we forget the fallen angels were what? Evil. The fallen angels lined up with who? The Satan. The fallen angels were cast out of where? Heaven. The fallen angels, they are actually connected to the serpent. So much so that your Bible says that when the devil in Revelation chapter 12 is cast out of heaven, it said, right? And he has to now stay on the earth. He's not in hell, but he's on the earth. It says that his tail was made up of what? A third of the stars. What is a star? A star is an is a is an angel. So the fallen angels who cannot get back into heaven, you know, trapped on earth and are attached to the devil, right? A third of the angels, a third of the stars, they come down with the with the Satan. And yet we're still sitting there talking about we need to know what they taught us, and we need to make sure no, they are evil. They are enemies, right? They're enemies. I'm just trying to tell you. They are enemies. They came and they disturbed. When they came down and they had, had uh, we, we just go like this. Oh, yeah, you know, they came down and they had, you know, relations with the daughters of men. Can an angel, watch this. Can an Does an angel, now look, angel just means messenger. We were talking about the spiritual angel, okay? Angel doesn't mean they have wings. Those are cherubims, right? Angels, right? right Hear this now. Can an angel have relations with a human being without a physical body. I didn't say can the Holy Spirit come down and impregnate Mary. That's that's different. Can an angel impregnate a physical woman without a physical body? The answer is no. All right. So if the answer is no, guess what that means? That means that the angel has to take somebody else's body. That means they have to possess somebody else's body. Right. Which means they have to force somebody else. They have to essay them by forcing them into somebody else. And then they have to sometimes even essay the woman. So you're thinking this is just a nice 
cool story and they just loved them so much and they came down and cherished them because you have a right but you but you haven't thought about this is a very greco-roman mindset right you have to be perverted you have to pervert the will pervert um free will in order to have these relations and have these children right and this is where you get a lot of greco-roman stuff this is where you get a lot of norse theology this is where you're going to get we're going to even go into some indigenous and to the americas uh theology and stuff in this right because we just assume we forget that aztecs were often people and doing some wild stuff too and, and there's a reason why the spanish came and said okay we'll look at their culture and we'll see oh, okay they looked for a sign and they saw the snake on the cactus and they said and and they saw this man who was white he didn't look like them, so he must not be real. And mythology started to take over, and it was easy to be able to get Montezuma to be on some stuff, and to and to and to end up being a traitor to his own people so much that they ended up taking him off the throne. Right? There's mythology to this, and we've got to reverse the mythology. So this is going to be this series is called Reverse Mythology for a reason. How you doing, Gezer? Right. Uh, this this series is called reverse mythology for a reason because you live by a lot of myths and we want to live by amat <laughs> right we want to live by truth we don't want half truths because half truths are still whole lies and if you're living by a myth even if the myth is based off of truth it's still a whole lie right we have a mythological mindset so so we want to make sure that we get this culturally correct now here's something that we're going to start with because we got to start with this. Who is your colonizer? Who is your oppressor? How you doing? Tank those down. Right. Who is your oppressor? And is your oppressor your teacher? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got to start there. I know. I know you don't want. We, we got we, we got to make sure in this series. We got to We got to talk about that. How you doing? Is it Ebony or Ebony? But how you doing? Uh, thanks for being on. Right. Because if your oppressor is your teacher, what if you're if, then what myths has your oppressor taught you? What do you live by? That's oppressing. Right. What do you live by that causes you not to press forward, but causes you to actually depress, to decelerate movement for your community and to always run away from your community rather than saying, I won't leave into my community as well. And how you doing, Sister Monica, if I didn't say so already? I think I did, right? So, so my oppressor, how you doing, Chantel? What is the mythology of the oppressor? What is the mythology, right? Why do you still talk about firmament, not realizing that the firmament is one with Uranus? And who is Uranus? Mm. Right? Uh, why is there a big bang? And you don't know that the Big Bang is guy. I know it was not originally called the Big Bang. The Big Bang comes from a radio show. And then it affectionately was known as that since then. Right. But let's be honest. Why do you think was considered to be the Big Bang? And now they have to come up with a new thing because that doesn't work anymore. But why, why do you not even associate it with Gaia? Because you don't know that's mythology. Hey, hey, Grand Rounds to you, Mark. Appreciate it. Right. So, so watch this. Even something as simple going back to evolution. I told you we're not going to go deep into it today. But even as far as evolution, I'm just going to ask a question. Right. I might be asking you to remember, recall some stuff from your childhood. So maybe you can't recall all these things. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Gaia means Earth, but we're going to get into how Gaia got here. Right. Because of how Gaia got here, how 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 was Gaia explained? Gaia came from what? Right. Something coming from nothing. Okay, but we'll talk about it. But but nevertheless, even though she did have siblings, 
which means that they came from nothing too, right? And they have different parts of the universe, so something coming from nothing, guy, is part of that story. But but watch, but watch this, right? The firmament mentioned in the Bible, of course, because once again, there's somebody changing the language. It originally, in, in Hebrew, we don't call it the firmament, right? We would call it Adekwaya. Adekwaya is different than firmament, right? Adekwaya is not a person. Firmament is attached to something that was established by Uranus, right? We're talking culture. So I get it. Right. I know somebody said this is this and it must be this and it's got to be this. And the reality is, is, yeah, somebody wrote in like, for example, somebody wrote the word God in your Bible. God is not mean or God is not what's in your Bible. God is not original. God is something that's Germanic, which means you can make anything a God. That's what God or even good means. Right. So you can make anything a God. You can make anything good. Right. Which is what a lot of people do. Is there really evil? Is Hades evil? No, Hades is actually a really nice person. And we'll get into some of that. Right. But Hades is actually a really nice person. And Hades did this. Is hell really a bad place? Well, hell, hella, hell is actually somebody who was just forced to go down there. She was actually not bad. She was not all right. She was not moral. She was not immoral. She just was. Right. So this, we don't know where this stuff comes. We think this is new. We think this commentary is new as if this hasn't been a conversation that's been going on for thousands upon thousands of years. Yeah. You know, he was just lonely. I mean, he did do that thing with Persephone. You know, he did force Persephone. But I mean, you know, and, and she did, you know, but she did eventually come on to loving him. You know, I mean, it was it was Stockholm syndrome. But, you know, Hades is all right. At least if you compare him to Zeus. Now, Zeus, who's supposed to be like your Elohim. Now, Zeus, he's a prop. See, right? It's cultural. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's, that's why today we're going to focus on the cultural cultural effect, right? There's there's a cultural effect. So so going back to this, you have to even recognize. Watch this. There's an effect because a lot of this what's going on is first of all human beings wanting to be worshipped. Right? And how you doing, Brother Thomas? Right? Human beings just wanted to be perfect. Right? Wanted to be worshipped. This is where a lot of this starts. Even when you call talk about Easter or Ishtar, right? Summarize. She was somebody who wanted to be worshipped. She knew that everybody was looking for the son that was going to come out of a woman in Genesis chapter chapter 3. Badashat Gamal, right? We, she knew this. And so what did she say? She says she's the sun. Or she's the moon. Her son ended up turning into the son, Nimrod, when he was offed, right, for evil, because he was evil, and people who were against evil came against him. And when he was offed, he became the son. And by the way, this is where um, Kemet gets their story of Osiris from. As if you, because I know everybody thinks that Kemet is the end-all, be-all of everything, as if Cush and other, and, the, and other Mesopotamian cultures did not come before, right? But this is where they got their stuff from, Right? This is where they got their stuff from, right? We don't want to have an honest dialogue, but this is where they got it from. This is where they got it from. These, these, these people legit, literally, right? How you doing, Donovan? Thanks for being on. These people legit, literally, are, 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 are giving you a story where people wanted to be worshipped and then trying to tell you why it's okay. Or even trying to tell you why fallen angels wanted to be worshipped. Right. And so we can go ahead and say it's OK. But this starts from a place of you want to be worshipped. And this comes from a place to where people believe that they were better than you. And anything that was different had to be worse. Yeah. Comedic religion is wild, too. Amen. Babe. A lot of people want to talk about this. Right. But there are things that are comedic that you're so busy trying to uphold and you're not talking about it. Right. Um, how do I say this without getting restricted today? Um, um, when you're dealing with 
Horus, Heru, the eye of Horus. Everybody wants a third eye, right? Horus is somebody who is born out of necrophilia, right? His mom in, on his dead dad, um, who was either a zombie at the time or was just completely had no life, right? That's, that's where Horus comes from. And Horus is somebody who um, knew that his uncle was trying to do something to him and slid up in between uh, the the uh, the hot dog bun, and uh, when he realized that his father, his uh, uncle was going to release, um, forgive me for being, I feel like trying to gloss over, trying to make it work is actually nastier, but it is what it is, um, and therefore. Him trying to make sure he, he he knew his uncle was doing something and acted like he was still asleep. And then, so he was enjoying it. But then when his uncle was getting ready to go ahead and and um, release mayonnaise, he reached down with his hand and caught it. I'm just saying, right? This is this is some of stuff, including the scrolls of Thoth and all that that y'all talk about that you want to go into. This is uh this is what you're saying is I want to be comedic. I this is a standard for the man. This is blah blah. Look, not everybody was into that stuff. The royalty was because they were into inbreeding too. So we can't act like that. But we just want to pretend this is just white people are evil, black people. No, 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 no. This comes from somewhere, right? Right? And 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 then when he caught it, by the way, then he presented it to his mother as evidence that he hey, he was trying to put a baby in me, a male putting a baby in a male. And you think this is new mindset? The spirit has been around for a long time. People worshiping themselves and thinking that you can change the will of Yah. And then the mother holds on to it. And I forget who the person is. I don't remember if it's Ra. It might be Ra, who y'all love so much. And he decides to take it and he actually like makes it to where it becomes like the like a ray, like a circle, almost like the ring of Saturn that he wears. So when you see Ra and you see that sun disc that y'all love so much, that's what that is. Did I say it in a way that's, I, I know it's icky, but I, hopefully I said it in a way that won't get us in trouble. Yeah, I know who Ra is. Yeah. So I'm saying I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Ra who did that. But but yeah. So, so that's what, that's what you're, so, so while you're so busy saying this and that or whatever, let's, let's be honest. You don't really know what the effect is of, but these people would say, if you didn't act like them, if you didn't look like them, if you didn't have their eyes, if you didn't have their nose, if you didn't have their exact hair, that you were a bad person. And so, um, they made that myth up. That's not something that's white versus black. Matter of fact, I said this before, I'll say it again. Greeks at the time that you're thinking of all this stuff, including Alexander the Great, and especially including his father, Philip, who was considered to be swarthy, which means he was dark skinned. Um, and, and I know this is the same branch of people, the same family of people. But even if you look at the Spartans, the Spartans were people who had locks and were dark skinned. Right. So so they can't. You see what I'm saying? Uh, um, um, so it's not as simple as white versus black. There's a spirit. Right, we'll get into that myth, uh, the the racism myth and stuff like that. But there's a spirit, a spirit, and so even when you deal with the Greco-Roman, because remember we have even people forget we have that statue in Daniel chapter two, Babylon, Oscar, and all that stuff where you get your Oscars from and stuff. Babylon, right, the lions with wings that y'all love to be able to talk about and buy and stuff. You got Oscar or Oscar, 
You've got right, but Babylon, then you've got the Persians. You know, you love everything about Aladdin and genies and magic lamps and all this stuff like that. That's a spirit there having the same lasciviousness, the same lust, the same stuff's going to pop up. And then out of the Persians, you're going to have what? On the statue next is going to be the Greeks. The Greeks are going to take the same stuff and take it to the next level. And they're going to appreciate these things. And they're going to put fire and they're going to put, they're going to add to the myths and things like that. And then who comes next? The Romans. And the Romans are going to do the same thing. And then who comes next? The church, the Roman Catholic church and the Protestant or even the Orthodox, they both come out of the Roman Catholic Church or both come out of romantic value where they mix iron with clay, where they mix these myths with the truth. Right? So the cultural effect for a lot of people is this. Classes that exist is because we're better than you because we're born of this family. We're better than you because we're Greeks with blue eyes and blonde hair. Since our family creates blue eyes and blonde hair, that means that we're stronger. Now, obviously, genetically, that makes zero sense. But that's, that's the belief. You think that that's Germanic. You think that that's Hitler. Before Hitler existed. Way before. Thousands of years before. Before Rome was a world power. Before Caesar was a thing. This is what, this is what was culturally being... Done. This is the cultural effect. And now still to this day. Right. Matter of fact, when you don't have anything, when you don't have land, this is how this, this thing works and affects your culture and affects your people or affects your person, affects your womanhood, your manhood, your family, your husbandship, your your wifedom. OK, you ready? Watch this. Your childhood even. When you don't have money, when you poor, when you broke. Right. I don't know if I can say I was ever well, when I was homeless, I was poor, but I can't say as a child I was poor. Right. But when you poor, when you broke, when you busting and disgusted, what's one of the things that you can always make sure you can hang your hat on? You see this all the time and don't even realize it. Right. Because some of the people that are poor, they can at least play like they have money and you won't even think twice about them having money or disrespecting them. Why? Because they look a certain way. Right. There were days that I looked disheveled. There were days that I looked like I had holes in my clothes. All that. There were days that I looked like I had it going on. I was making a bunch of money because somebody donated some stuff and I was able to go up to a place where they donated. And all it took was that. So watch this. You can be poor. You can be busted. You can be disgusted. You can be a person of color. All this stuff. And guess what, though? Y'all get in y'all school systems and the children get around each other. What do you start doing? You start playing the dozens. You start joning. You start making fun of each other. You do this all over your diaspora. Right. Based off of a, a cultural effect of a myth that because somebody is different than you, they're better than you. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Shawana? Yes, you do. Yes, you did. Or many of you did. I can't say all of you did, but at least you even if you didn't participate, you saw it. Right. I remember being in school. Somebody be talking this and that or whatever. You can't really make fun of them. The person says, man, you need to let's get it together. Let's start doing our homework. Let's be doing that. Let's be doing that. And so guess what? They, guess what somebody would say? Shape up, though. What does shape up mean? Your haircut ain't right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Guess what? Somebody can be out there. Man, whatever, man. You can say whatever. Look at your shoes, man. Look, your shoes talking to you, bro. Look at my shoes. My shoes. Look at the bottom. of. I mean, this is how crazy it got in school. People be like, look at the bottom of my shoes, how fresh they are. 
As, right? Like they would clean the bottom of their shoes to make sure that they lasted longer or they wanted to be able to say, I got it fresh out the box. Meanwhile, you can't afford to eat at home, but you got fresh, you know, you got the freshest Jordans. Or because you was out there poisoning the community and you can make more money, even though you, you, you're, you know, y'all technically y'all were on welfare, but you could go ahead and say you were better than somebody else. Because when you have nothing for so long, you think that the capitalism, you think that the capital, you think that the physical things, you think that the fleshly things, you think that the worldly things, right, that aren't even necessarily things that are going to build um, community are not going to build wealth. But you think that them shoes on your feet is something that distinguishes you. Right. Girl, she can't talk to me. Look at her. Look at her face because she can't afford the makeup you can afford or she wasn't taught how to do her eyes the way that you could. I mean, this is stuff that is still going on. Today. This is a cultural effect of myth. Right. That says I'm not saying, sisters, you can't wear makeup. Hear what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying is, is that cats will try to use that even if even if you're, now y'all got money, but you still got ingrained in your head. It's a competition. It's the it's the the. Uh, I'm about to say struggle. Uh, oh, the preservation. It's the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. It's, it's evolution. It's a myth. Right? It's the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. And it is cringy. How you doing, Ray? Right? It, people are still doing this. Right? People are still doing it to the point. I made a video on this the other day. I didn't really get deep, deep in the video. I just did a quick version of it, right? Because I feel like um, Consciously had already done a great work laying out some of the stuff. But let's talk about it for real, for real, right? Like there's cats out here who's, right? This whole Trump thing with the shoes, that's $300 or whatever they are. And people out here talking about, well, you know, black people are going to be on Trump's side and stuff. As foolish as you might think this is, and for many of us, especially those of us who have kingdom sense and not common sense, this is straight foolish, right? And a lot of us who already decided to be done with the voting thing, this is foolish. But let's be honest, right? But let's be honest. Why do you think? You said some people doing for 400, okay. So maybe 400, whatever it is. Let's be honest, though. We as a diaspora are very big, not as a whole, but let's be honest, there's enough of us who are very big into everything having to be in place so much and everything having to be pristine and we'll pay more. Matter of fact, we went over, um, was it last year where we listened to a video together and we paused in this stuff and we listened. There's, there's a video that you can see on how to sell to the Negro, right? How should you sell to the Negro? This is from the 50s or the 60s. 1950s or the 1960s in which you can watch it and they literally are telling you yeah you know black people because they've been messed up for so long and they've been held down for so long and that they don't believe um that they have uh that they that, that they're full of contempt as your bible declares right that for themselves that therefore since they are they don't come together they want to move away from each other and they want it to be as expensive as possible even if it's not worth it if you right matter of fact they said that we were wired back then. I would declare to you it's still today. But they they said back then we're so wired like this that if you try to offer them something for a cheaper price, they actually will not buy it. <laughs> How you doing, OG Rich? Right? If you try to offer them something for its actual price or something closer to its actual price, even if it's expensive, but if you try to give it to them for just expensive, a lot of them won't go for it because they had to always do more to get out of things. They always had to give more. They always had to learn more. They, in order to get a B, they had to get an A plus, really, right? 
they, they had to, you know, there's a saying in our community, right? No matter where you are in the world, um, well, I won't say no matter where you are, but most of us in our diaspora, you probably heard a saying that goes like this. You got to do twice as, you got to do twice as well to get half as much, right? It, that's the mindset that we carry. So since we carry this mindset, right, we carry this mindset, we believe that if it doesn't cost 5000 Right? Then it must not be worth twenty five. Right? If, if you tell us it's twenty five hundred, we won't buy it, even if it's really only worth a thousand. You better tell us it's five thousand, because we have a mindset that we got to work twice as hard to get half as much. We don't even believe it. I had to get over this recently. I don't know if I've still gotten over this, but I had to get over this recently. Right? Where where my wife, where Amma had to tell me, "Hey, Kofi, every time we go somewhere." Why are you always like making the bed on our way out? Not because we stay in there for several days and you just don't feel like nobody coming in the room or whatever. Why are you making the bed on our way out? Why are you like cleaning up like you part of the thing? Why do you want? But because I was raised in a manner to where I don't I don't want to let literally I don't want to let my family down. And it even got to a point I don't want to let black people down. If I'm at a hotel, I don't want somebody to think we dirty. Matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why we tip. Of course, we tip as well because, you know, tipping was something where black people weren't allowed to make money. So they weren't allowed to actually have any money coming in. Therefore, you had to tip them. This is why now they're trying to get rid of tipping altogether. And they're trying to like make it really hard for the lower class. But there was a time where we weren't allowed to get paid at all. This whole $2 thing, I'd be like, oh, that's too, no, there was a time where we didn't get paid anything an hour. So people tipped because that was the only thing that you had going, right? So we were always, so, so, so our people have it in us, like, we have to do that, we have to take care, we have to give twice as much, even though we're poor, we still got to make sure as we're poor, we're taking care of others so they can be at least poor like us and not be to the point to where they're ravaged, right? And so still to the day, I, I, I refrain from it, but I used to be, every, I tried to make the room look as if they didn't have to come in and clean it themselves. Because I had it in me that I'm supposed to be up here so that down here is acceptable. Because they're always going to try to break down what it is that I did. Yeah that's, where, yeah, that's where tipping came from, right? This is a cultural effect. The myth that you guys are under is, oh, yeah, everybody always got paid. And then why are you only getting paid 250 Why are you only getting paid? No, you got paid. And then not only that, if you don't know how this works, those who work in the restaurant, your busboys don't always get paid by the establishment. If they get paid minimum wage, cool. But a lot of times your busboys, the people who bust down the tables, who clean the tables that come around besides the waiter or the waitress. Some places it's one and the same person. But. A lot of times your busboys are doing that so that the waiters and waitresses can be doing what they're supposed to do. And so they're going back and they're washing the dishes and they're cleaning or sometimes you got a dishwasher they bring it to, whatever. So the busboys get paid by the waiters or waitresses. So let's say that the waiter or waitress only made 100 and you say that's a lot in a day. But let's say they only made $100 that day. They got to look at the busboy and they got to say, ah, you know, you're the, they got to tip them. You're the reason why this. So the waiters and waitresses now got to got to come together and be like, okay, look, man, we can't be going home with a hundred today, average, and this cat only made um, or hasn't made anything. So what do you do? Even if it's twenty five dollars, thirty dollars, forty dollars, fifty dollars, whatever, put it in his hand. This is this is how this stuff works, right? And then people sometimes even had the nerve to try and tax it, right? But the myth is that these people are just. You see what I'm saying? The myth is because they're not in our class. They deserve to be down there rather than the system is set up. You see why we got to deal with the myth and we got to deal with the cultural effect.
That's why culture is going to reign supreme in almost every single argument that we have. When people are trying to get you to have an argument or a conversation outside of culture, it's going to be difficult because culture is going to affect everything. What is the ism? What is the ISM? What is the system, the systemic issue? I'm sorry, what'd you say, Sister Did I see the Trump shoes that they said that we would buy? Yeah, yeah, that's what we were, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 this is the systemic thing. Right. We want Jordans because if you're wearing Jordans, it shows that you made it. The reality is, is we haven't made it far enough to be buying Jordans. This is the myth that we live inside of. It's based off of people want to be worshipped rather than say, I'm just a vessel. Right. One of the reasons besides the fact that I'm, you know, um, very Afrocentric because we can't be Yahasadal and not and deny the fact that we're also uh, if we're Shemitic then we got to be Hamitic too, right? Um, but and we come from the same family automatically, anyways. But besides the fact you don't see me wearing a lot of names and different things on stuff that I wear on the you know on the tunic that I'm wearing today or whatever, you don't see me wearing a lot of names normally on this stuff because it's I'm, I don't I don't I'm not worried about being valued by the myth. Right. This is reverse mythology. Even in what I wear, it's a reverse. It's a reminder. Right. It's a it's, it, it, it helps me to remember to bring back to my remembrance that this name doesn't have to be on me. Right. I don't mind names being on me. I don't mind watch getting something and seeing that it's made by uh, uh, Brother Charles or that is made by uh, Minister Tamara or that is made by um, uh, Brother Jermaine. I don't mind it. Right. But there's certain names that y'all think that I have to wear. I'm not worried about it because it's not of my culture anyways. Um, I don't think you're block system on it. Well, I don't know. I can see you on here. <laughs> so I see you. I apologize if I missed your stuff. You know, sometimes TikTok screens the stuff for us. Oh, I'm sorry. You said it's true. I always feel uncomfortable when I see my people working in those places. So you tip more. Mm hmm. Yeah. And because we have this feeling, we know there's there's a it's. It's something that's cultural. It's something that we were raised with. We might not know it. We're aware of it. Like we have this, we have these light awarenesses. We have like this, people would call it subconscious, right? Which is really sub or underneath a synthetic thing that's underneath. Consciousness really, it comes from a Greco-Roman mindset of it's synthetic. It's kind of sort of, right? We think that consciousness means it's reality. No, consciousness is close to the word that you use for synthetic in the Greek. Right, and how you doing the classic. So 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 these are things that we have to realize there's a cultural effect. 